Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Phase Zero Loki Season 2 bonus episode number five starts right now. I can't believe we're already five episodes through Loki Season 2. This is Unbelievable. I'm Brandon Davis, joined tonight by Jamie Jurak. Oh, hello. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Oh, great. After that episode, we got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to talk about this week. Loki doesn't miss. And Aaron Perrine does miss tonight's show. <laughs> For something marvelous, I have to say, but he's a little busy tonight. But Liam Crowley is back again on Phase Zero, two days in a row. Hell yeah, Hot Drop TVA. Happy Fortnite Eve, everybody. Woo, Fortnite OG is upon us. What a time to be alive. We had Invincible, I haven't Well, I've watched Invincible, but I haven't watched Gen V yet. Uh, oh my gosh, this is a fantastic time in Loki Season 2, Episode 5. I want to thank everybody again because with these Loki episodes, with our Wednesday episodes, with all the awesome... Uh, some kind of crazy also Marvel news we've been able to talk about on Wednesdays. Four weeks in a row, we've been breaking records for the year. I really think we're going to do that again this week. I hope so. I'm very confident next week is going to end up being our biggest week of the year because on Wednesday, we have our, our regular Wednesday news show. On Thursday, we have the Loki Season 2 finale. On Friday, we have the Marvels. And earlier in the week, special announcement, we're going to have a bonus episode that I'm not, I already announced tomorrow's bonus episode, 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 which I can't say what it is about yet. But I can say that we're going to have another bonus episode probably on Monday. Uh, and you're, it's going to it's gonna leave your head in some kind of web. So I'll just say that. Oh, uh, my God. I don't even know what it is. Oh, well, you don't? <laughs> no. So we're going to have a lot to talk about because when new stuff drops, we're going to be out here on Phase Zero. So subscribe to the channel. That's your little tease for what's coming Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure which day yet, but I know there is going to be uh, a bonus episode in the future. It's going to cover all kinds of universes. But tonight's all about Loki, and we got to start with the recap. The reason you're all here. The best part of the night, I think, for many, including myself. Jamie Drack, will you do us the honors and give us the Jamie Drack special recap of Loki Season 2, Episode 5? Loki season two, episode five. Oh my gosh, last we saw, Victor Timely turned into spaghetti. The whole TVA turned into a white flash. What's gonna happen? The, the 
the Loki's Instagram account erased all of its things. What did it mean? We know now. Loki, he's there. The flash happens, but he's still alive. But where are his friends? He doesn't know. He's running around. He's looking. He can't find anyone. <gasps> he's time slipping again. Not again, Loki shouts, but it's happening. First, he time slipped to a moment in the TVA, and he sees someone in the distance, and he says, hello, papa. Then he time slips again, and he's, and he's right in that spot where he was just looking, and he picks up the TVA guidebook, and then he hears a man over there. Hello? Yes, it was himself. And But then all of the areas start to spaghetti what's happening. And then, ba-bam, he gets moved again. He is going around to different points in time. Who does he see? He sees Casey, real name Frank, escaping from Alcatraz in the 1960s. Wow, who knew? Casey's kind of a badass. Ba-bam, he moves again. Now he's in New York, 2012, in another branch timeline, where Hunter B-15 is a doctor, Dr. Willis. She mends kids. Hope it's all good in 2012 New York, where she's at, because in our world, we know that's not a good place to be. Bam! He meets Mobius, but guess what? His real name is Dawn, and no one will be surprised to learn, he's a jet ski salesman in Ohio in a branch timeline in 22, and he has two sons, and he's a single father? Holy moly! And then, ba-bam! What's next? He finds Obi. Obi is a science fiction writer in the 90s, but thankfully, he still has a PhD. So Obi's like, but his name is A.D. Doug, which sounds exactly like a sci-fi author name. We love to see it. And he's like, I can help you, but whew, it's going to take a long time. And Loki's like, whoo-ba-bam, I have a TVA guidebook. You wrote it. So I'm going to go do that. What? We're all a cup with pencils in it. Each of us are a pencil. And if we all come together, then we can save the TVA. That's what needs to happen. So while you do that, I'm going to go talk to our friends. Ba-bam! He goes back to Mobius slash Dawn. And he's like, I need your help. And Mobius is like, can I just sell you a jet ski, bro? My wife left me and now this is all we got. And I was like, no, we don't can't talk about jet skis right now. And then OB slash AD Doug comes into the thing and he's like, I'm here. I did it in 18 months. Well, it took a little longer because my wife left me because I was too focused on this. That's really sad. But they get everybody back together. It all works. They come together, but Loki's like, we need one more. And then he goes back to McDonald's to the branch timeline to find Sylvie. But Sylvie knows who he is. No one else knew who he is. Interesting. And she's like, let me buy you a drink. And they go get a drink. They shoot some bourbon. And she's like, everyone is where they're supposed to be, Loki. This is what I've been telling you. They're in their timelines. And she's like, I'm not helping you. You got to go write your own story. I'm selfish and you know what you're selfish too because he just wants to be with his friends and they part ways and he comes back with everybody who are all hanging out in ob's garage and he's like forget it just go home uh i was being selfish it's all good but then oh, oh, we go back to sylvie and she's in a record store and she's listening to some tunes but then things start to spaghetti again and the poor record store man spaghettis and everything around her spaghettis and she uses her 10 pad she goes to wherever everyone is with obi and she's like okay it's happening the branch timelines are all destroyed we need to do something but then just when they're about to they all start to spaghetti oh no we're all dying we're all spaghettiing the world is ending but then in that moment loki has his power moment where he learns how to control time slipping. He reverses back and he goes, it was me all along. I'm the who. We can do it. We can save the TVA. And that is the penultimate episode of season two of Loki. Wow. Bravo. Wow, wow, wow. I am the who. I got that one. Uh, phenomenal episode. Phenomenal recap. We will save our reviews, which are on a 10 scale for us people who follow the rules later in the show. Uh, but I, this, this episode had so much to unpack about the characters and the thing i like to do after the recaps is figure out 
what is the purpose of the episode? We thought this episode was going to be about, about getting the band back together. No, no. This episode was build the, the single biggest character development episode of this season. And I would say possibly throughout all of Loki. The first season had really tremendous moments with Loki and Sylvie, especially the episode where they're on the train and, you know, the, the lamentous episode where uh, they're, they're, they're caused the Nexus event and all that stuff. But I think this one, not only did Loki have the best single, single best character moment, I think, uh, of this season when he said, I just want to be with my friends and Sylvie played the, the free therapist for him. But also we got to know where all these other characters are from. And it made me care about the other timelines in the MCU that that's it finally it happened they made me care about the other timelines next they'll tell you who bought avengers tower and they'll you'll never just be completely that. content <laughs> i i completely agree about like the character beats of it all i i wrote a piece last night that some people on twitter did not take a liking to where i argued that up until this point ravona breaking bad was kind of the highlight of the season for me because it felt like she had gone on the most complete of a character arc across the first four episodes and now this episode just kind of dropped so much a season's worth of character exposition and character growth all in one sitting and i love that they did that i felt like it was very overdue yeah, I'm a big fan of everything you guys are saying, especially because we've waited so long for them to show us instead of telling us. Like earlier in the season, I'll never forget when Hunter B-15 is looking at that screen and all the timelines are branching away and she's trying to sell the emotion of like, those are all lives. I didn't feel anything because they were just lines on a screen. Now that we have some color to those lines on the screen, Brandon said right before we started, you know, all you had to do was give Mobius some kids to start caring about them, and but not just give him kids, show those kids. And all it took was 45 seconds of them interacting together. Um, so yeah, if we can keep doing this throughout the multiverse saga and show us reasons to care about the other multiverses out there, I think we're in for a very, very fruitful story. I will say though, I feel like the whether or not you should care of it all is something that like the OG Secret Wars and especially Hickman's Secret Wars kind of like addresses and has different heroes take different point of views on. And I also think it's a thing of like, you're they're asking the viewer to kind of make that decision too of like without seeing this other timeline without seeing this other universe that you might be a part of or you might not be do you still care and i like that we're getting like that philosophical with it in this episode and in this show and it's very cool that they're doing that too because it makes me think about like the civil war era of the mcu where like there are two sides and they are not so black and white it's all shades of gray so i love that idea of like you as the viewer have to make the decision about whether or not you care about the other timelines that aren't yours but now that you're, that you're being shown them you have another reason to like put some more shades of gray on that it's, that's a very very cool layer i have been of the belief to this point like i said it on this show i don't know if it was a wednesday show or, a, or one of our loki shows if it was my universe versus another universe and i don't know anything about the universe other than maybe a version of myself exists there i'm picking my universe i'm i'm failing heath ledger's joker test every time like, I, unless, you know, you give me this. So here we are. I finally care. And I think that they, they did it like Liam said. They showed. They didn't tell Mobius, single dad Mobius, Don. <laughs> I'm not calling him that. He is Mobius. He has a really cool space name. And uh, I, I also, like, I was even, like, when Sylvie was in the record store with, the, with that guy who just gave her a record and tried to help her through it, was just the cool guy you would know at a record store. Uh, that was just a great moment too. I thought like, I was just, no, this guy's going to go. And then he went, I was like, damn. And on that note too, that aspect really quickly, sorry to tie it all together. The subtle storytelling of Sylvie, when she had her McDonald's on the back of the truck 
and we saw it kind of breeze away and then they tied it all together by that universe was dying like that is what the made the mcu so rich it's it's having those tiny little moments that we make those easter egg videos about that all tied together they don't have to throw everything in our face all the time um mm -hmm. and yeah i just i love the subtlety of this episode yeah yeah we'll, the, we'll save go ahead the, i was gonna say the spaghettiing really like it, it was like a trauma flashback yeah. to Infinity War because mm -hmm. it, it really felt like the same thing and it was hard to watch even the record store guy like I don't know this man but I'm sad that he's spaghettiing right now yeah and, and like it was it was an, it was more emotional than I felt in a while it almost looked more painful than like being dusted honestly like <laughs> just I, I had a more visceral reaction to this than I ever did to seeing anyone get dusted I don't know and it's, I, I think it that speaks to the visual effects that that went into this episode and the performances because in Infinity War I feel like we were more attached to those characters, at least for me. I mean, it was characters I spent 10 years with. These are characters, most of them I just, you know, OB we just met, Mobius and B-15 and Casey, we kind of know from the, pre but we only know from the previous season of Loki. We don't know them as well as we knew Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson and Groot, whose last words were dad, you know, ask, ask for his dad. Uh, so I, I think that it just was a really powerful way to sh the direction was great the score was great the vfx really worked on this one which is something we haven't been saying about marvel lately the vfx got seemingly got the chance to actually finish their job on this one and it all just came out really nicely and that straight up did feel just like infinity war that i had the same thought i was like this feels like in fact tweet of that i said i feel like i just watched infinity war again and that was before i saw the final moment i have been waiting for this episode for a month i have not i, I saw episode four like over a month ago me and Jenna were sitting here like, oh, my yep. God, well, how, how do we know what's coming next? And then I hate that that trailer came out this week. It had so much footage. But most of that footage was already in this episode. Okay. See, so, I, after after the finale, I'm going back and I'm watching that trailer just to see how they tried to market it before. But, like, I, I'm glad I went into this completely blind. I had seen a screenshot of Mobius. I actually think that leaked, like, before the premiere even happened. Mm. So I knew we were getting, like, puffer vest Mobius at some point. But not knowing the context and not knowing the full episode was nice to just be able to go in blind. Yeah, there's still a couple key things in there that haven't happened yet. So if you, if you want to go spoiler free into the finale without sort of being able to connect dots in your mind, while you're watching i would say steer clear of the most recent like the loki mid-season promo even though it's like a two-thirds season promo not mid-season but uh, most of what was in there was in this episode uh yeah the, the purpose of it seemed to be not only getting the gang back together and the character development it was also um loki mastering time splitting loki can time travel now right as long as he's surrounded by the right people right it seems like it's as long as he has like a purpose in doing it. I don't know. But yeah, I also I felt like emotionally, like one of the thesis statements of this episode is like Loki has been alone on so much of his MCU journey. He's been cast aside. He's just been ostracized. And like now we're at the point where we're giving him friends. We're giving him a community. As Jamie said, I think earlier in the season, like having a villain who kind of turns good and realizes that people were just treating him badly before. I like that we're having that now with Loki. And I feel like that was a huge emotional through line here. Yeah. I don't think he needs them around him to do it. I think yeah. he needs the love he feels for them to do yeah. it. Mm, the power of friendship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, Loki Loki was uh, looking a little nervous to talk to Mobius. He was like fixing his hair and stuff. I was like, well. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you were recruiting you. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. I, I, I might be coming around. I thought, maybe, I know Loki, he, he, who knows, you know, he might be. <laughs> 
He might have <laughs> might, might have been a little moment of hesitation, but then the next scene he's going over to Sylvie. So I'm like, which one is it, bro? Like Why are we living? Thruples exist. They yeah. can be a thruple. Wow. <laughs> That's my song. Uh, all right. I also, last thing I wanted to say about the purpose of this episode, maybe this is a theory I should have saved for later, but I can't help myself. Did we just witness the origin of the TVA in a sense? Because that room looked just like Obi's room at the TVA, at least clearly very modeled after it if not intentionally then they ran out of sets and they broke it down and used this to to create this set but i took that as maybe uh ob was i mean he did say that like there's no like there's no one around for miles it, it could make sense i do like the thought i don't know if i if i necessarily think that's what's happening but i like the idea I just saw them reusing the set as like a way to cut because like Obi is the character who is like most closely associated with any of the sets on the show. And so I think mm -hmm. setting his garage as like the same sort of facade as what we see in the TVA just kind of showed like there are echoes of him, like regardless of whatever timeline he's in. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, the, when we first went into that garage area, just the layout, I was like, okay, this looks like his whole setup in the TVA before, like there's a desk and before he's being lowered from the ceiling. But then when we have the flip shot of like them sitting on the bench and the architecture behind, it is like a mirror image. And I don't think Marvel's the type of studio that is going to just recycle a set and be like, oh, well, right. we hope you didn't notice. Like there, everything is distinct. Everything has a reason and a purpose. So uh, yeah, I do think that, I think we did just witness the origins of the TVA and we are just in one giant time loop. Yeah, I, def I feel like that was, and that's the Ouroboros name. That's the snake eating its tail. I think he got that, he got that book now he's left behind there i don't know what happens once loki leaves them i don't know like loki leaving them all in that room does that mean he just left them there in a case he's about to disappear and then the rest are too or is whatever they're about to do at the tva if they do it fast enough presumably could stop that from happening because mobius still is away from his kids and you know they're all away from their lives and everything those versions of themselves are away from their lives so it's kind of a really interesting question of what happens next in that room and i wonder if we'll even see it I feel like since that room isn't necessarily on the sacred timeline, I don't think we're going to see it. I don't think it matters at the end of the day because like everything that they were doing in that meeting room was kind of like a last ditch scenario. And so it seems like without that, we're just going back and like whatever happens from the end of the episode onward is like what's in the sacred timeline. But then wouldn't that argue against what you've argued with me on and saying that you should care about the other universes? I'm not saying that I, I like I still care about what happens <laughs> to those characters. I absolutely still do care. My point is like the show might not care and the show might not see it show it to us because mm. we only have one episode left yeah i don't know i i do hope that it would be really cool to see that that ends up being the origins of the tva i think that would be a really cool way to tie this up in a knot in a nice little bow but uh i don't know if we're going to um all right we're gonna take a quick one minute break we come back we're gonna talk about some easter eggs get into the the details of the characters that we've met of the tva that we really got to meet and know in tonight's episode of loki and then after that it's time for a full review out of 10. See you in a minute. Subscribe to the channel during the break. That's a great idea, huh? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Phase Zero Loki Season 2 bonus episode number five. If you're watching on like your TV screen, I think that's awesome. And I would love it if you guys just keep taking pictures of that, tweeting it, and tagging us in that. I think it's so cool when you guys watch on TV. It makes me feel like a real star. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to do an Easter eggs breakdown. I have only watched this episode once now. Jenna and I are finally with the rest of the group. So I did my best. I have you know a few notes here, some interesting things, some things we're going to actually dissect right here on the show live. Uh, take a closer look at but i want to start by talking about the characters and where they came from the first one being b15 we saw that b15 dr willis is from 2012 new york new york not just new york new york new york we all know what happens in 2012 in new york in the main timeline i feel like that can't be a coincidence that's there is no shot that the marvel writers the loki writers uh eric martin who i'm interviewing tomorrow just said oh yeah let's just let's just in 2012 new york out of all the places and times they could have picked there's no chance that's a coincidence right no no you you can't go back to 2012 in this franchise without it meaning something i do wonder though now that you're saying that it's like did that event happen the same exact way because Mm -hmm. if so why is she looking at like she probably is having a very weird reaction to seeing loki for the first time if she just saw him on tv like (laughs) causing all of this chaos in new york would have been crazy if like her hospital was just slammed with people from their version of the battle of new york that was my theory that like the girl i don't know tripped and fell as that was happening but i don't know yeah that's a really good point about like she didn't recognize loki so like did loki do the battle of new york in that timeline or did thanos just do it himself like did we get the events of infinity war in 2012 because thanos didn't send a pawn this time I, I mean, feel it could like have been before was... those events. A year yeah. is a year. You know, That's you got true. a whole year to have no. this event happen. No, in 2012 <laughs> in New York, there's only one day. In the what if it was like the day before? What if it's like I the... like that? Yeah. That's what well, I thought. like, but like if if it, uh, Avengers 2012 happened in like April, that means the rest of that year is just like everyone knows who Loki is. He's like the number yeah. one terrorist in the galaxy. If Thanos just went himself, I think it would have gone differently. Yeah. There would not be a New York, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like Thanos might have uh, might have might have wiped New York, but it, very interesting. And I hope that that is something we follow up on. I just feel like that has to be intentional. I hope that was intentional. Uh, and as somebody who loves to revisit 2012 in the MCU, I'm, I'm here for getting some something. I would like to say, Liam, you live in New York. I used to live in New York. What child is climbing trees in New York City? <laughs> Well, I still live in Boston, but I'm in New York a fair amount. And I thought the same thing. I was like, in the city? Like, you got to go all the way to Central Park and then find a tree in Central Park. Yeah. 
Uh, so I don't know. I have some questions. Maybe that New York is just like a really Chase. nice, earthy New York uh, with extra um, trees. Like, yeah. Just everyone lives word. in tree houses. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, free yeah. pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Casey, absolute prisoner named Frank in 1962 in Alcatraz, escape master. Much, much harder dude than I thought he was. <laughs> I feel like that's all that's the all there is to take away from that, though. Is there is there anything else? Just San Francisco and prisons in the MCU just seem to be a recurring thing because between this and Scott Lang, yep. that was the first mm. thing I thought of. I was I mean, wondering. Alcatraz, uh, w- when was the Clint Eastwood movie? Wasn't that made in the 60s, Escape from Alcatraz? Uh-huh. Um, uh, there's 10 years in the 60s, by the way. So it <laughs> that, was, that was actually made in 1979. So okay. he did he did it before Clint did it. Maybe um, he was dramatizing Casey yeah, Frank's maybe. story. And Frank even before Nick Cage did it in The Rock, the cinematic masterpiece directed by Michael Bay. Uh, just put it out there. I don't know if everybody knows this, but Jamie kind of is a fan of Nick Cage. Kind of. A little bit. A little touch of fandom. Uh, so Casey is a jailbird, Mobius jet ski salesman in 2022. So I, I, I really enjoy that they are scattered from different times. I kind of would have loved to see like one of them been from like the Roman Empire, oh. just somebody from all the way back then. But they're all kind of close enough to, I guess, not act crazy differently, even though their mind gets wiped anyway. So it's the works. meme of like if you showed a Victorian child like a Cool Ranch Dorito, they would lose their mind. I feel like yeah. if any of these characters got plucked from He Who Remains and like brought to the TVA, they like they're if they were from too far in history, they would not be able to comprehend it. I feel like. Yeah, yeah it's it's like that meme of like me explaining to a prisoner who was uh me me and hell explaining to a guy who was killed for insulting the king prime fortnight it's like how would they ever know uh something i want to touch on about the about the mobius thing uh the guy he's first selling to cinematographer mr isaac bauman who oh. i spoke with, uh, i was like i recognize that beard anywhere so that was pretty cool that's cool, cool. how did he film himself he must have time traveled well yeah he mastered time slipping that's how we got this show did and i call it time splitting earlier if yeah. so who cares yeah, <laughs> no, one no one well, noticed no one noticed you can correct yourself later yeah exactly exactly uh so yeah so mobius jet ski salesman 2022 real curious what their 2022 is like because in ours uh things were different than they were in 2012 and also it sounds like he's a widower which is really sad like I that that hurt my heart a little bit. I couldn't tell. Did she leave him or did she? I die? interpreted that as if she died because I just couldn't picture anyone leaving like mustachioed Mobius. But I don't know. I I totally took it as she left him. Okay. With the way he said my wife's long gone, he said it in not a sad way. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, I I did not take it that way. Also, um, people in the comments are dropping this, and I just googled it. And on June twelfth, nineteen sixty two, um, three convicts, John, uh, John, a Clarence, and a Frank, um, oh. did escape from Alcatraz. So that's supposed to be like a true, uh, like kind of like how Loki was. Um, uh, what's his face in season one? Oh, uh, B B D Cooper. D B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were going for. With that's awesome. That's pretty cool. I see one more comment, completely irrelevant, but selfishly, I'm going to shout out Brad Ekman from uh, Middlesex County slash Central NJ. Got to represent Freehold, New Jersey. How you doing, buddy? I'm not. T- I w- I, I'm far away now, but I wasn't ten years ago. Well, sh- longer than that. My God, we're not going to talk about how many years ago that was. Uh, all right, Ob, great, great call out on that 1962 Easter egg. Well done by Marvel. We now have some Tom Sawyer theories with Loki. We have some Alcatraz escapee theories with Loki. Ob, 
wannabe author in 1994. I would read his book, Sons of Yorin. Dude, let me read it. Send me a copy. I'll I'll, I'll give it a five-star review. I'll, Obi could do no wrong. There's no way that book's not good. Just Absolutely saying. Not. Yeah, it's um, science fiction. I love yeah. science fiction. <laughs> I also I want to shout out another comment that's from like 10 minutes ago that I have saved. Uh, Taku 66 says uh, everyone represents a D&D party in this episode. So Loki is a warlock. Mobius is a bard. Casey is a rogue. B15 is a healer. Obi is an engineer and Sylvia is a fighter. I think that's a really cool. I would not have made that connection if that had not been brought up. So I love that. That's airtight. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. My Dungeons and Dragons knowledge basically goes as far as the movie. Me too. Um, A little bit of research for that junket. And then I played some of uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which was kind of D&D. I learned a little bit there, but I I wouldn't have been able to put all that together by any means. Um, What else did I have here? Oh, uh, Obi's line about with science, it's what and how, but with fiction, it's why. And I feel like that's another line where it feels like the, the the characters are speaking to the writers at Marvel, where it's like, all right, we have, you know, they, I, I enjoy the science elements of the MCU too. Obviously I said that earlier in one of our, our Loki episodes. Uh, I like, you know, Iron Man tinkering. I think the building of these, these throughput multipliers and temporal aura extractors and all this stuff in the TVA is really satisfying to see. At least there is a sci-fi rule set and attempt to make it make sense and i really enjoy that stuff i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff uh but i think also you know with fiction this is fiction we have to understand why all the characters are doing everything they do not just what and how they do it and now this episode told us why the timelines are important so i really enjoyed that i thought that was a really nice line i i will say also because like in the more recent comics loki is the god of stories like that is literally like a huge turning point for his character so i like that they kind of wove that in there of like fiction and the relevance of that within loki himself agree uh watching the time i'm just going straight through my notes here watching the timelines of the people get wiped uh felt pretty vicious like we talked about earlier but my note here was that uh it made me feel like Kang is truly a threat. Like that's the first time I've, I've like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, that Kang was pretty formidable, but he never felt like an existential threat. This watching people get wiped away like that felt the, just really ruthless. And it made me feel like Kang, if we find out that he's pulling the strings, like, what if in this finale, when Loki thinks he's got the upper hand, so he goes back to rewrite the story, Victor Timely is just like, no, no, I got like, I'm, I'm evil now. And he actually takes over or something and decides to start wiping timelines or conquering them, whichever one he wants to do. That would be pretty, be pretty crazy of a twist. I absolutely believe it. Like having, when we watched episode four for the first time a month ago, I kind of sat there and I was like, did Victor Timely actually die or did he just disappear? And then would he come back and then be evil? And that would be the finale. But I think your version of it, now that we know what spaghettiing actually entails, your version definitely makes sense. Like he just knew he had to play it out because yeah. it would be a version that it plays out where he doesn't get spaghettied and he gets to take over the TVA. It'd be crazy if Victor Timely is actually the big bad. Um, Easter eggs, Brad Wolf's Zaniac movie got a video game spinoff. There was an arcade game called Zaniac uh, in this in this episode. I don't know which one would have come first, whether it was the game or the movie. Maybe his movie was based on the game. Either way, both are based on a comic character who is not being used in the MCU, merely an Easter egg of a title of a movie in a video game. But reference to earlier in the season of Loki. Obi's Noteboard. I, I wanted to get a picture of this because I thought it would be fun to see if there's anything important on this. Uh, it's it's, it's very hard to see. There's so much stuff on this <laughs> noteboard. You're going to see all of our foreheads. 
up here trying to take a look. I, someone well, is going to get like the 4K Ultra HD version of this and is going to dissect yeah. it, but I cannot read any of that to save my life. That's actually just the production schedule for the show. Yeah. Uh, that's what they look like. It's just everyone's like... lunch order. It's just something completely innocuous. <laughs> uh, I imagine there's something in there to look at. I can't see it on my screen here, but I'm going to take a closer look at Obi's notebook. I'm at because like the TVA handbook had the, the blueprints for the pruning devices and the different items they have so there's probably some cool little stuff to make the story richer there and i always appreciate that stuff uh what else do we have oh my question for the episode oh go ahead i was just gonna say the only thing i can decipher is that blue sticky note in the middle where it says who what when where why and the who is circled which loki was the one who made that realization by himself at the end but it mm. seems like obi might have also discovered it at some point so the chat is saying it might just be like his plot points and his like working out his novel. So which totally mm. makes sense. But I'm sure there's probably something to glean from there beyond that. It could very well be the bullet points and stories of his book, but also maybe Obi built that the biggest temp pad in the history of temp pads. Maybe he went back and gave himself a tip uh, to write his own book. I don't know. It's some back to the future betting on yourself type stuff. Uh, the time theater was in this episode it was one of the places he went and we never went back to it right nope this looks very modern this doesn't look like it's in the tva but obviously it's another room from a branch timeline that seems to have inspired a room at the tva so i'm curious why this was in the episode it's a it makes me think that the question i asked earlier of will we see what happened the answer might be yes because we probably will have to go back to this if it matters it's very interesting that it's got the kind of miss minutes computer on there though but it does look like a modern sort of museum type room i'll have to go back and check like how it looked in season one but they explained in the episode that he went there while time slipping to kind of prove that he could go back there like it was capable to, he was capable to go to the tva even though it existed outside of space and time so but that might be the only reason and it might just be that the set design and the lighting looks slightly different than what, how we saw it in season one do you think that's supposed to be the time theater as it appear as it is in the tva or is that do you think that's I, a separate place that's how i interpreted it i don't know I thought that was a separate place that inspired the TVA's time theater. But yeah, it could just be the lighting changing or something. But the chairs look different. Everything's different than what it was in that first episode where him and Mobius sat down in there and watched him watch Loki get killed by Thanos and all that. No? Am I crazy? I don't no, know. it's definitely different, but I wasn't sure if it was even the same place because that didn't seem like a theater. It felt like a holding room. Right. Like, um, well, like they had a, a time. The TVA had a time. I'm pretty sure that I don't know if it was called a time theater. I thought it was. But this seems to be a, a real world location in a branch timeline that the TVA has taken inspiration from, but is not actually the TVA yet. That's how I took this moment. The and chat is saying it's either the TVA in the past or in the future, like beyond where we saw in Loki season one. And like, I, I believe that if anything. This, um, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I'm gonna grasp at straws here also. The fact that it's time theater five, I would love to go back and watch season one and see what number time theater they're in. Because if it's a different number, then I'm going to take that as that is reflecting that we're in phase five right now. Like I, I'm going to read too much into it, but you know, hmm. all numbers are meaningful in the MCU. Is it five or is it 25? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, wait, I see, oh, no, I see there, it too. Is yeah. there a two looping around there? Yeah. Yeah. This looks so much like a building Honor. that would have been at my college. Uh huh. It's <laughs> like a lot's going on. Yeah. A lot of art deco well. futurism. I hopefully we'll find out because this felt like an intentional little thing. It was one of the one of the only it was the only place he went that we didn't revisit in this episode. 
he went to this time theater, wherever this was, whether it was at the TVA or it was in the one of the timelines at some year in history. Uh, and we didn't go back to it. So I'm hoping we get to some, some closure on why this, why Loki time slipped to this time theater. Because like they said, all the places he went were very intentional. He was going to places he needed to go to try to accomplish his task and places he seemingly accidentally subconsciously manifested. So this time theater seemingly would, would play a part in that, but I just don't know what it is. I feel uh, like even if you just argue with the time theater scene from season one, that was a huge turning point for Loki in that moment to kind of realize like what his future looked like and how tragic it ended up being before. And then it's like, now he has the opportunity to rewrite it again in this episode. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I almost think that it's just more. Oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is the same room. It is. uh, I stand fully corrected. That is the same room. (laughs) Like I said, it's just the lighting. It's the lighting just makes it look completely different. I'm so surprised. Yeah. That's interesting. Thank you for finding that image, Peter. Great work. That is uh, breaking news. It is the same room. But why did he go there? We don't know. Metaphorical. Because it's just, I don't know. He has a core memory of showing, of Mobius showing him that video in season one. That's my guess. Interesting. Interesting. Shook. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we won't see what happened to everybody. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, only one episode left. So I feel like they still have a, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, I hope the finale delivers. And I think it will, because if you saw Liam's interview with Isaac Bowman, who cameoed in this episode, he talked about how they filmed the single most important or single most satisfying, single most important. What was it? Most meaningful day. Single most meaningful day on set. Uh, and Natalie Holt, the composer, agreed. And you can find those interviews on comicbook.com slash Marvel and on the Phase Your YouTube channel in a moment uh, soon. What's up? One more Easter egg. I don't know if any of you guys picked up on this or if this is just because Cap Winter Soldier is hardwired into my brain. But that opening score when we were first starting the episode, that was like the mm-hmm. Winter Soldier. Like yeah. that, like, come on. I know I I never expected Bucky to show up in this episode, but God damn it, is that a good score? As somebody who tried to say that the sound when Miss Minutes played the video for Ravona was the same as a Darksaber in Star Wars <laughs> The Mandalorian, I fully... <laughs> support your easter egg uh all right my the, uh, we already kind of talked about this kang possibly behind all this is there anything more to flesh out on on, on how or why or what does anybody disagree that kang is still pulling strings someone in the chat i, f- I forget who did say that the the spaghetti Yang might not even be kang it might just be the tva protocol because it did say like this is the like la- i forget right. the naming for it but it like that might not be kang himself doing it it might just be like he built that fail safe in yeah, I, I found it interesting that it said uh, what, whatever. What, what was the I wrote down um, what the screen said at the beginning of itself, like fail safe mode at the yeah. beginning. It's like a self-destruct base basically Miss Minutes is sending the message on the screen. Uh, I, I still think that maybe Kang is in charge of all of this with the TVA in some fashion and kind of knows that these things will happen and wants them to. At least I'm hoping that so that he ends up being a really monumental and claustrophobia inducing threat because it feels like every move you make you might already have been calculated by kang so we'll see though all right we're gonna take a quick one minute break we come back it's time to review this episode out of 10 i encourage everybody who's watching live right now on youtube we have the highest viewership we've ever had for a loki bonus episode right now thank you so much for sticking with us we're almost through today's show we're going to give it our reviews drop your 10 score in the comments and subscribe to the phase zero channel on youtube because we have another bonus episode 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 tomorrow morning uh, and that's going to be really cool and then more coming next week so we'll see you in just a minute Imagine. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Phase Zero bonus episode, Loki Season 2 bonus episode number 5. We are at the review portion of the show. We've got lots of reviews going up in the comments right now. A lot of high rankings. People are really enjoying it. Great job to everybody who followed the instructions on the 10 scale. Thank you so much. I'm not throwing shade at anybody. What? I'm not. Nobody does anything wrong here. Uh, but Liam, you're at the top of the screen. Go ahead and give us your ranking review. You got to go as long as you need to tell us what you thought of Loki. Season two, episode five, full spoilers, obviously. Do your thing. I'm going to give this one a solid 9.1. I'm a very big fan of decimals in my ratings of one through 10. And that's because this episode made me feel, which is one of the most crucial things when it comes to anything entertainment, let alone Marvel. Uh, I left this episode, like you said, Brandon, on Twitter, uh, the feeling of Infinity War wasn't fully there you know I, I wasn't crying i wasn't like welling up but i was like i felt those emotions again i love how it made me care about the characters i never once wanted to check my phone during the episode which for me especially gen z my attention span is minuscule so fortunately they kept uh my my full attention the entire runtime uh and beyond that getting to understand where these these characters come from individually their relationships to loki was obviously the most crucial thing to selling this episode but understanding who they are and why they are and why they were plucked from certain realities and how they fit into the TVA, uh, like how Casey's Alcatraz origins factor into what he's doing at the TVA and how Obi's uh, origins with sci-fi writing, how he was obviously instructed to write the manual. It all made sense. It felt like this episode was very clearly etched out back when season one was still going on. It felt like we were getting somewhere. We weren't making it up on the spot. Uh, so for all of that, I really don't have anything negative to say. It can't be perfect because perfect is unattainable, but it's pretty damn close. All right. All right. Jenna, what are you thinking? I'm going to give it a 9.2 out of 10. Um, I, I feel like this episode... In any other show's context, this would have easily been filler. Um, but I feel like they were able to make so much happen in terms of, like I said, characterization and just narrative emotional stakes in a way that I feel like as much as I loved a lot of the first four episodes, I feel like this hit on such a different level. And just the way that this was made was just stunning. The The scene of Sylvie in the record store alone was just incredible. Like the the CGI in that scene and just the cinematography across the episode was just incredible. And I feel like we got, I feel so much more attached to everybody than I did at, at all before. And so that alone was great. I also always love an episode where there's some sort of like memeable thing that comes out of it. And to your point, BD earlier about like, Oh, this feels like the show talking to the writers. I like that one of uh, Mobius's kids is named Kevin because I cannot wait for that screenshot of him being like, Kevin, Kevin, no, to be used all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jamie? 
Oh, goodness. My instinct is uh, to give it a 4.5 out of 5, which means it would be my highest rated. And I don't know if I, it's my favorite episode, so I'm kind of struggling. Because I, I really enjoyed that I didn't have to hear Victor Timely's voice for a whole episode. That was a real plus. Um, and it was really emotional. And um, and I loved learning about the characters. So, yeah, I guess that my instinct, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to say 4.5 out of 5. That's I'm going for it. That's what I'm saying. I, I made my decision just now. 9 out of 10 from Jamie, everybody. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like you, don't know if this was my favorite episode. I know episode 4 was my favorite from the jump. I need to watch this again before I can make such a decision. I don't remember what I rated episode four, but this one for me is sitting like it's not a 10 because a lot of it, like I just, I, I would have liked it to be a little bit longer. I would have liked, I just, it, I would have liked it to just, I don't know. There, there are parts of it that I, I am unable to uh, quantify why I don't feel like this is a perfect 10, but Oh, I'll tell you what, uh, when it first started, if I'm looking for something to criticize, because I feel like we've all just been glowing here, uh, the the open of the episode made me feel like it really quickly undid one of the craziest cliffhangers they've ever had on a Disney Plus show, even though it didn't undo it. But I am like, what happened after that? Where did everyone go? It didn't really make much sense if you think about it. Not really. That's just, that's time travel, dude. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, but if, if I'm honest, I just loved the episode. I'm not really sitting here trying to be critical. I was just trying to find something to criticize uh, because I just wanted to be different. I don't know. The character development stuff was fantastic. The timeline character be, like actually finally exists now. That's the biggest thing for me. This is the first time at all that the MCU or any of its projects have made me like actually feel for another timeline. Mobius and his kids, B-15 being a doctor, like these people actually do have lives there. Loki's character development was fantastic in that scene at the bar. Sylvie, is, I was about to say she's a liability because she wouldn't help like rescue everything, but then ultimately she ended up rescuing everything. Uh, it was just a very fantastic episode. I thought the pacing was a little weird because it started so slowly and then ended up the last 10, 15 minutes were just stellar, but I could say something similar about episode four and I loved that too. So I'm sitting with this one like a... I think I'm at like a 9.4, You know what? It was the first number I said, so I'm sticking with it. I rambled. I landed on a 9.4. I stalled and stalled, and I got there. I did see while you guys were reviewing, somebody tweeted at me uh, and said that there's a voice at the end of the credits. Now, this yeah. could be completely false. Somebody could be trolling me. Is that real? Did anybody see anything? I I did not, but if, if it's trolling, then half of the chat is trolling at this point because I have seen people say that apparently Brad Wolf's like uh, arcade game voice is at the very, very end of the credits. And what does it say? Uh, let me see, because someone just wrote it out. You died, insert your coin, sour loser, something along those lines. Oh, well, that's just, that's just I think that's just a fun thing from them. I don't think yeah. it's actually meaningful in any way. No. Uh, any predictions for the finale? We only have one episode of Loki left. I think Kang's going to be a bad guy. I think Kang's going to be a really bad guy by the end of this. I hope. I hope so too, because I would hate, like I am very much a proponent of recast versus ditch Kang altogether. Like don't abandon Kang after how much we've built up. Like if you got to get a new actor in, so be it, do it. But like, I would really hate if after that variety article, they decide to take a huge chunk of the episode out. I don't think they will. But that hesitation like is in the back of my mind. And when the real world like impacts art, it's very frustrating. So like if you're gonna get rid of Kang, don't do it. Just recast him. 
keep the finale as it was. Jim Viscardi in the comments showing us why he's not on the show. Gonna end with <laughs> Jim was starting riots earlier one. when he was reviewing the episode. He was he, people were turning on him. It was crazy. What did he say? I ignore him. He basically told people to go read my recap because he was like, that accomplishes the same thing as the episode itself, which thank you for driving people towards my recap, but you should still watch the episode anyway. Uh, I, I don't ignore Jim. I just, when I have the rundown up, I can't see the comments. And now that we're off the rundown and we're just, we've gone through it all, I can finally read the comments. I have no predictions. I just want to say like I, this show more than most in the MCU, it's like you, I expect the unexpected. I don't know what is going to happen. And that is terrifying and exciting at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I just hope this finale is good. The hype from Natalie Holt and Isaac Bowman, I believe it. This series has been fantastic, proving, you know, once and for all, I think nobody could argue this. Loki is the best Disney Plus show from Marvel, and everyone should agree. I think people will argue that, and they can. People will argue that. <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody, would, nobody would do that. You're just making a lot of statements of, like, nobody would argue this, because even your Superman tweet earlier today, I was like, I would personally argue with that, but I, I agree with I'll let you have your fun. I don't know. Wait, you don't think trouble. he was a good Superman? I'm not saying he was a good Superman. I'm just saying he's not my favorite or the best Superman. But I didn't that's say he was the best. I just said we all agree he was good. I, that is a conversation for off mic. But <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, Jenna. Well, I don't usually talk about CW shows, so that could we could have that one. Um, all right. Well, that's our show. Hopefully, this finale. It, he, we all agree he was a Superman. Is t- that it, do people not like Superman and Lois? Tyler that, again. We'll have this conversation off mic. <laughs> I'm so confused. We're going to need a DC <laughs> podcast one of these days. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, that's our Loki season two bonus episode number five. Jamie, any last words for today's show? Yes, I'd love to say that WandaVision is the best Disney Plus Marvel show. And uh, follow me on TikTok at Jamie Jirak. Uh, hope, hoping to get my Frasier episode five recap up tomorrow. Big stuff, you guys. Oh, and also tomorrow's tomorrow's bonus episode of phase zero is going to be big. So you're mm-hmm. going to want to tune in. It's a good one. It's a good one. We promise. Liam? Well, I'd like to say the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the best Disney Plus show, and I know no one will agree with me, but I will hold Go that until I Go ahead and mute Liam's mic there. <laughs> yeah! Jim, you gotta sell me! Plug what I want to plug. Am I am I Go unmuted? ahead, you're unmuted. Oh, I'm unmuted. Okay, well, <laughs> other than that, I was gonna say, don't forget to leave Milk and Cookies out for Jonesy and Midas, because Fortnite OG is back tomorrow, baby. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. I'm so stoked. And beyond that, when Loki ends, when this show ends next week, we got another show coming up on the docket in December. That's right. Percy Jackson, Disney Plus, December 20th. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Jenna, tell them what to do. Um, it's at Hayes Jenna on social media. As always, go read some comics. Go read the Loki Agent of Asgard run because that is where we get into the kind of God of Story stuff. And after this episode, if you like the, what this episode was putting down, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I'm not going to say what I think the best Disney Plus TV show is because I know people disagree with me. So we'll just leave it at that. They disagree with me too, Jenna. Just say it. Just say it. She all know it's she all. Come on. <laughs> There's only room for one green legend in the best category, and it's Loki. I declare it. Loki is so good. And this finale delivers even close to what these past five episodes have. Oh, forget it. The argument's over. Loki never loses in in our world. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to us banter about this. We I love how we all have different opinions. I think that's a big uh, a big reason why people come to our show. Uh, The bonus episode tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) You'll know. Let's. I. I. You'll know. That's what I I think. I'll just leave it at that. That tomorrow we will have an episode 
at the right time. That's it. That's all I got to say. So just subscribe to the Phaseo channel on YouTube and you'll be notified and you definitely will know, but I think you'll know. And then after that, we have another uh, bonus episode that we haven't shared because I just found out we're going to have to do this on Sunday or Monday. Um, and I really think you guys are, are going to want to be there for that one because uh, it, it, it's going to be, I'm trying to find a good way to tease what it's going to be without like fully giving it away. And without teasing it the same way it's you did at the start tangled of the web We weave here, madam. I'm trying so hard, uh, but that's our show. Everybody subscribe to the phase zero channel and leave us a five-star review, play our show. make your mom listen to it, play for your dog, help our numbers go up so we can keep having awesome guests and doing fun stuff. That's it. See you tomorrow. <laughs>